Hello, it's Robert Bathurst here. I was one of the first guests on My Time Capsule, and Mike has asked me to tell you that you can now listen to the podcast ad-free by subscribing to Acast Plus. Details of how to join are in the description of each episode. Mike says it's very reasonably priced. In fact, Mike says it's a bargain. And who am I to disagree? Locked here in his cellar. Anyway, for a small subscription, Acast Plus, My Time Capsule, ad-free. Free. Unlike me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. My name's Mike Fenton-Stevens, and My Time Capsule is the podcast where people tell me the five things from their life that they wish they had in a time capsule. They pick four things that they cherish, and one thing that they'd like to bury and forget. My very special guest in this episode is the actor Kyle Smith-Bino, who is probably best known for playing Mike Cooper, the long-suffering husband of Alison Cooper. Long-suffering, as she can see ghosts and he can't. Yes, Kyle is Mike from the smash hit BBC comedy Ghosts. He's also Dean Townsend in the award-winning Stathlet's Flats, created by and starring Jamie Demetrio, as well as Jamie's sister, Natasha, Katie Wicks, who's also in Ghosts, well, most of it, and the wonderful Ellie White, one of my favourite My Time Capsule guests. And some early episodes of Stathlet's Flats were co-written by Robert Popper, another recent My Time Capsule guest. So that ought to be enough, really. Kyle being in two of the best comedy shows of the last few years, but he's also been in Whitechapel, Britain Today Tonight, Cheap, 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 Friday Night Dinner, another Robert Popper product, On the Edge, Enterprise, Man Like Mobeen, Death in Paradise, Bloods, written by Nathan Bryan from Benidorm and Ghosts, etc. Uh, so when we talk about Nathan in this episode, that's who we're referring to. Kyle's also been in Horrible Histories, Red Flag, which he created and wrote, The Witchfinder, Dreamland, and he's been a contestant on Richard Osman's House of Games, The Weakest Link, Would I Lie to You, Celebrity Catchphrase, Taskmaster, he was brilliant in that, and the Celebrity Christmas Special of the Great British Sewing Bee, which he will be hosting for this year's Christmas Special and the following series. So that's good, isn't it? Because that means that Kyle's got a lot to talk about. Out, if he chooses to, but that to some extent depends on the five things he'll want in his time capsule. So let's find out. Here is the delightful, chill, 
Kyle Smith Bino. Mike! Hello, mate. How are you? How you been? How, how you been? how long's it been now? Ah, uh, well, when did we do it? So it was the series before the last series I was in. Uh, so it would have been last January. Oh, well, yeah. last January, February. That kind That's of time. right, yes. Oh, it was brilliant. I loved that. That episode was great. It was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was one of the um, the big ones that the fans really... Because that was the, the one where Mary leaves. Yeah. So that was the really big episode. That was, um, it was great for so many reasons. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. I don't know how you cope with the extraordinary pressure you get from fans all the time for that program. Yeah, they really, really love it. Don't they just? <laughs> yeah, we had the, uh, that event at the BFI and they, um, they had a Q&A afterwards and then a sort of little meet and greet. Yeah. And it was really busy. A lot of people <laughs> got turned away, unfortunately. Well, do you know, even my neighbour, she said, oh, I'm watching all your friends from Ghost tonight. And I went, are you? That's lovely. How? And she said, I'm, I've got the live stream. Oh, wow. Yeah. I hope you got paid. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that always the way? Yeah. <laughs> I do love it. I know people who've sort of missed it, you know, who sort of go, yeah, yeah. what is Ghost? But the great thing is that they will find it at some point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a guy that I was working with, a cameraman. He was like, what, is it Series 3 now? I was like, no, 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to catch up on. But he was quite glad to hear that he'd missed so much because there was loads to catch up on. Yeah. Yeah. But a lovely show. I really enjoyed my week working on it. Everybody involved is so nice. That's the thing, mm. isn't it? You know? Yeah, but yeah, actually, yeah. It, It's unusual now, isn't it, these days? I'm glad to say that you actually go on something and there's a sort of a toxic atmosphere. It's very yes, unusual exactly. to find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was young, I used to go on things and they were you'd be quite frightened because you think, so if I step out of line here in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would just would just shout at you. Yeah. And they wouldn't dare do that now. Right, mm. yeah. No good. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. <laughs> have you seen Nathan recently? Yes, I have. We went to, <laughs> we went to S Club together. Yeah. And we had a great time. <laughs> so you know so you know S Club are doing the um their reunion tour. Yeah. I loved it. You know, Reach for the Stars, I think, <laughs> is probably the perfect pop song. Oh yeah, definitely. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know, you can't help. Your hands go up, don't they, automatically? You yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't stop them. No. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Actually, I'd like to go to the CS Club. Well, they're doing a world tour, so wow. I think all the UK dates are finished. So you'd have to go to, like, North Carolina or somewhere to catch them. All right. Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But he's a lovely bloke, isn't he, Nate? Yeah, he yeah. great guy. It's, uh, it's ironic, isn't it, that I met him when he was playing, basically playing a character who was an idiot. Right. So I met him on Benidorm. And that yeah. character was just so unworldly and basically an idiot. Mm. But it, it's so unlike him. Yeah, yeah, it really is. He's so knowledgeable and so aware of things and so funny and so quick. It's interesting to be cast that way, isn't it? I wonder if he went in at the beginning and sort of, in a way, played the part right from the start. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Some, I mean, I did this play, yeah. and it was the first time we ever did a Q, I ever did a Q&A. Mm. And one of the actors... <laughs> said that um, the best thing to do is to be as far away from your character as possible. <laughs> because people will be so shocked that you're not like like your character. Very good. Yeah. And I remember like really putting on this RP accent to do this Q&A. <laughs> you should have done American. <laughs> yeah. Go, you? yeah. Yeah, yeah, people say my, uh, my Brit accents, you know, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, uh, but I remember doing that, and um, I thought, I was like, oh, that's actually quite, 
difficult to do, like yeah. to stick at it and not respond like instantly when like, especially when like my mum's in the audience. <laughs> yeah, she's going to call out. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I quite like a Q&A. But it's because, actually, I've done a lot of them and I've worked out a lot of gags. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody ever asks me, you know, which they tend to, they ask, how did you learn your lines? I, I always say we don't. Right. I say, no, we have earpieces. I've my back to say, should I go and get it for you? There's a bloke <laughs> in the wings. He just reads the script. And we just say the words as they go in our ears. It's like that game you play as a kid. <laughs> and people are like, Really? They really do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they genuinely go, no way. That's incredible. Go, yeah, you can't you can't expect someone to learn all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pocket that one. Pocket it, use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, well, let's talk about the five things you've chosen then. Yes. I have a BlackBerry, mm-hmm. right? And you know the, um, remember when everyone had a BlackBerry in sort of like yeah. 2007, 8, 9? And until recently, when the servers stopped, <laughs> uh, I used to still turn it on and have a look. And I've got just so many things from that time yeah. of like, I mean, the pictures are terrible quality. Terrible. <laughs> but at the time, we thought it was the best. We're like, look at this new technology. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and um, I've got so many notes on my like my BlackBerry notes from like mm-hmm. when I was coming up with ideas. I did a show called Come Dine With Man, which was a Come Dine With Me spoof. Yeah. Um, it's it's on YouTube, and it's one of the first things that I ever created and, and actually made. Mm. And um, all the notes for that is on there, is on my BlackBerry. And occasionally you just see someone's number. You don't even know if they're still on that number anymore, but you just remember someone yeah. by seeing seeing their number in your phone book or um, the text conversations or the pictures and stuff like that. So the, that BlackBerry sort of really, if I think to my most nostalgic phone, yeah. it's not really, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people of my generation or the same age as me would think of a Nokia. Mm-hmm. Uh, or like you know, when three came out with their own phone and it was the first time you could like turn the camera from the front to the back. But, um, <laughs> for me, it's it's the BlackBerry, my BlackBerry Bold. Well, it was like having a, a diary as well, wasn't it, really? Yeah, exactly. It had all yeah. your addresses, all the, the numbers. You could treat it like a diary, couldn't you? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I think the service stopped maybe a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly when oh, it was. What a shame. Um, but my agent still used the BlackBerry. She had an iPhone as well, but she also had a BlackBerry because... The idea of the BlackBerry was that the emails were as fast as text mm-hmm. because of their servers. Mm. And, um, yeah, my agent still used one up until they stopped. But, yeah, I've got a lot of fond memories. I've also got a not-so-fond memory of that BlackBerry. <laughs> okay. When I was in a club. <laughs> and um, I wouldn't say I was drunk, but I had a few drinks. Mm-hmm. And went to the toilet, and it was one of those, you know, those long urinals? Yeah. And it was blocked up. <laughs> and oh, you know where this is going and I, uh you know like you're at the urinal but you also you sort of got the phone in one hand and you're just checking, uh, replying mm-hmm. to something or whatever what have you got in the other hand I, I'm, I'm, no, don't worry don't worry <laughs> and um i dropped my phone in the urinal <laughs> oh god but without thinking about anything i just fished it out immediately yeah. with man <laughs> and then realized that this the is concoction yeah <laughs> and then i just like i chucked the phone on the floor oh god and then washed my hands for maybe 20 minutes yeah and, and then went out yeah. and said to everybody i think i'm related <laughs> to you all now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i need everyone's number just in case 
<laughs> it's all right. I've got a BlackBerry. It's a bit wet, but <laughs> yeah, I can email you instantly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, do you know when I look back on, I've got old phones and I like doing that, looking mm. back and going through it. Quite often I'll come across a, a number. I think, oh, I don't know who that is. And it'll have a name next to it. Now, it's a, one of those things I think you do when you're seeing someone all the time is you just put Mark. Yeah. Yeah. And then 15 years later, you go, which Mark is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't ring. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you had that that conversation where people just call you up and then they just start the conversation with the absolute assumption that you know who they are? Yeah. And you don't. <laughs> yeah, and you don't know what you don't even know where to go. You don't no. know like who you can ask if they've seen recently <laughs> or like <laughs> terrible. There's no way to work it out. Yeah, Trevor died. No, really? Yeah, but lovely dog. <laughs> are you still in um are you still where were you again? You were still in uh... was it was it north of north <laughs> something? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 I've moved now. Right, okay. No, that doesn't help. <laughs> and your mum? Yeah, 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 still dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. I there I heard a rumour. Somebody the other day was talking about the Blackberry and saying that there's a move for people to bring it back mm. because actually a smartphone can be so intrusive in your life yeah whereas in fact a blackberry was something you felt you were in control of oh definitely yeah and you sort of had to go into the apps to get the notifications rather than mm-hmm. like have them just up on your screen <laughs> apart from text of course but like i remember like whatsapp wasn't even big because you had a blackberry pin and then blackberry mm-hmm. had its own messenger service mm-hmm. so no one was really using whatsapp I, I've never worked out WhatsApp because people just WhatsApp me. And I go, how the hell yeah. did they do that? And you go, well, you're on WhatsApp. Right, so yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they can just find you. Yeah. And then they send you a message and you go, I don't I don't know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. It feels a bit, I prefer a text from someone I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people might just get your number and WhatsApp you. Oh, hi, it's da 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 You're like, oh, this feels like you're in my house. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. This is supposed to be for friends and groups of friends. We form groups when we do things. Exactly, yeah. Mm. Might have to change my WhatsApp status to um, knock first or something like that. (laughs) Can you do that? (laughs) No entry. I know nothing. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Well, let's put your Blackberry in there. Um, Yeah. I hope it's been cleaned. Oh, oh, definitely. Thoroughly. (laughs) I put it in rice and everything, yeah. Yeah, Okay, lovely. (laughs) Right. Okay, that's the first item then, Kyle. Yeah. What's number two? I was trying to think of, like, some of my oldest possessions, Mm -hmm. right? Because I have, in some ways, put them in a time capsule of their own. Right. And I realised, I think, one of the oldest things that I have is probably my primary school shirt. The one that everybody signs? Everyone signed, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I've still got it. And (laughs) it's one of those things I just won't let go of. And I don't really know why. I've actually got, like... I'm able to contact quite a few people from primary school because of Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't really, I don't need it. <laughs> and no. it definitely doesn't fit. But um, for some reason, I just, I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah. Do you still remember everybody on it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I went to a very small primary school. Right. I went to a primary school in Forest Gate, mm-hmm. which even people in Forest Gate don't know of. <laughs> it's it's called Grangewood Independent School. And it was a private school, but it was a an independent private school rather than like a chain of Mm. or anything like that. And it was um, maybe 25 students to a year. Wow. All in all, there were only about a hundred pupils in the whole school. 
And what was their philosophy? Did they have a different well, was, attitude to, to education? I, I don't really think so. It was a Church of England school. Mm. And I don't really think there was a sort of, I mean, maybe there wasn't, I didn't know, like a school <laughs> philosophy, but it was very much like assembly every morning, singing the hymns mm. and doing your prayers and then lessons, but then also always something creative. Right. So whether it was art or music or taekwondo or there was always something at the end of the day that was compulsory maybe that was their philosophy then maybe it was what we want to do is get back to a in a way what would have been an old-fashioned style of of teaching young kids Mm. and it's a happy but it's a disciplined way of doing things yeah yeah but yeah it was a very small school and um it was actually so small that we we didn't have lunch in the playground all at the same time we had to stagger the lunch right because we couldn't all fit in the playground. <laughs> and when you get to year five and six, you'd actually go to the park. So you have your, you eat your lunch, then you line up, and then we walk to the park and we'd have half an hour there. Nice. Because we didn't have the space on, on our facilities. Yeah. Was that in Forest Gate? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was called Grangewood. I like that part of London. It's a newly discovered area for people who've got money, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's changed a lot since I went to primary school there. And I um, I also went to secondary school in Forest Gate, but not a private school. Right. But very much not a private school. But yeah, my mum my mom really wanted to give me that sort of head start. Yeah. Because well, what I realised now was because she raised my uncles. Because my nan and granddad left Barbados and came to England. Mm-hmm. I left my mum and her oldest brother there. And then my mum came here when she was nine. Wow. But then my nan and granddad were constantly working so yeah, when they yeah. had the, the other two children here my mum was sort of raising them yeah but they rebelled because my mum was so strict <laughs> but not as a parent yeah so like having a strict older sibling yeah your big sister. you almost you rebel more than you would with your parents and mm-hmm. my nan and granddad were very chill extremely chill and i think that's where i get it from it's definitely not from my mum <laughs> but they were really chill and i think my mum struggled raising them because they rebelled so hard and so when she had her own child, she was like, right, I need to double down. So my mom was extremely straight, but also like wanted to make sure that I never, because my uncles quite often ended up on the wrong side of the law. Right. And so my mom wanted to make sure that that was like not even within the capabilities of, of what I knew or like. I was so far removed from from that. She was like, right, private school, the tiniest private school in the country yeah. or whatever. It probably was, to be honest, it was tiny. But I didn't realise that at the time. No. I was sort of like, why am I not allowed to do this? Why am I not allowed out? Why, am I, why can't I play out with my friends? And mm-hmm. I had friends from the area that weren't, didn't go to my school that went to state schools that were like allowed out till past the, the street lamps went on and all, all those sort of things. But my mum was extremely strict yeah. and continued that uh, for a long time. It's, it's not surprising that your grandparents were chilled, though, because, uh, you know, basically they, they had the responsibility. They go to work, earn the money, and then you look after the kids. You bring up the brothers. It's your responsibility. Yeah. And if they yeah, got yeah. into trouble, it was her fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not theirs. Yeah. Yeah. God, tough. Yeah. And when you think about it now, it's just a strange way to, to like, run a family unit. But also, it's understandable. You know, like, you've got four children. You want to make sure that you're able to go to work. You're not up all night looking after children and then going to work and to provide for them yeah, and struggling to do your job. You've got to keep your job. But out of necessity, really. Yeah. I mean, if what you're earning is not enough, the two of you working all day hard is just mm. about earning enough money to keep you. 
and yeah. provide you with somewhere to stay, then that's really where you're, you're going to be focused, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then when they stopped working, it was like the grandchildren were always in the house. Mm. And I spent, I, I pretty much grew up there because when, by the time I was like going to school and stuff and my nan and granddad had, were retired. I mean, my granddad retired really early because he went blind oh. in his 30s. Good Lord. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, my nan and granddad were there and raised me, basically. Mm. Yeah, it was. it's a sort of like a full circle thing of like my mum raising her brothers and then my grandparents raising me. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? That's the thing that sort of disappeared, that, that generational families. I think apart from quite often with immigration families, mm. the necessity was there to do it. But in lots of other families, it sort of disappeared. People went off and lived far away from each other. You didn't have that. But actually, it seems to me that it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Almost certainly out of some sort of economic yeah. need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was sort of my yeah my childhood. But I um I was very close with my whole year because we all grew up together in such a small school. Mm. You, you sort of you couldn't not get along because it was too it was too small. To it's not like yeah, you yeah. just like go and hang out with your other friends because it's like these are your friends. <laughs> you get on or get out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I know like yeah. quite a lot of people that went to bigger schools had friends in other classes and things like that, but we just didn't have we didn't have that. That transition is difficult then, isn't it, actually? If you go from a very small group of people and then you go to a big school where they've all known each other in bigger primary schools. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, when I went to secondary school, I actually went to secondary school two weeks late mm. because I didn't get into one of the schools that my mum... I'll, I'll tell you the story. So my mum <laughs> decided that I was going to go to one of two schools. And that mm. was it. I was either going to St. Bonds, St. Bonaventures in Forest Gate, yeah. or I was going to St. Yeah. Edwards in Romford. And my mum was like, that is it. I didn't get into either school. <laughs> so I've left year six now. I'm meant to be going into year seven, but I haven't been accepted into a school. And my mum's appealed to St. Bonaventures. So my mum appealed and it was rejected. And so she was like, well, I'm appealing again. <laughs> But, but in that time... This is a woman who brought up her brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, quite. But then we're getting closer and closer to September, mm. and I still don't have a school to go to. So the council get in touch and say, we understand that your child doesn't have a place in a school, and we're offering him this place in this school, which is like just the bog-standard school in the area. Yeah. And my mum responded, thank you, but no thank you. <laughs> so then they were like, well, what are you going to do? Like, he has to go to school. What are you planning to do? And she was like, leave it with me. So my mum sent me back to primary school. Wow. My mum was a governor at my primary school. She was on the board. Mm. And she said, look, I'm in the process of appealing. I'm going to get him in one of these schools. But whilst that happens, can I send him back to primary school? Yeah. And they accepted. So I went back to primary school for another two weeks whilst my mum appealed for the second time for me to get into St. Bonaventures. And then I eventually did. Mm. Yeah. So I sat in the back of a year six class. <sighs> So imagine me, oh. as a year six, getting my shirt signed by all my friends. I'm off. <laughs> See ya, losers. And then and then back there in September, sitting at the back, it like on my own little desk. Desk too small, chairs too yeah. low. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then you have to go and go into a school. It's always those kids, you only need a tiny, tiny, I've started about three different sentences, haven't I? But uh, <laughs> you only need a tiny, tiny little difference in a child in those sort of schools at the beginning for them to yeah. stick out. And if you yeah. stick out, that's a dangerous world to be in. Yeah. Yeah, mm. really. Yeah, it was. And I got there and everyone had either came with their friends from primary school. Yeah. 
all their cousins or their brothers, friends, or people from their area, or they just made their friends in the first two weeks and they knew who their group was. Yeah. And I didn't have either of those. Yeah. Yeah. So did you at any point in your primary school get any sort of inkling that you might want to become an actor? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was from year one, I think. Right. Yeah. From that age, from the nativity plays, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. And I had no intention of doing anything else. I, I think... I think I sort of didn't apply myself as much as I should have in other subjects because I knew that I wanted to act and that was it. Yeah. So when it came to things like science and stuff like that, that wasn't particularly interested. I also didn't try. No. Because I was like, well, this isn't going to, it's not going to be useful anyway. Mm. And then you get cast as Ernest Rutherford or someone. Exactly. Damn, we did him in the third year. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But actually, that knowing what you want to do, and in, in a way, it's a sort of an unusual thing to choose. It's a sort of a very individual process to go through. I'm going to mm -hmm. be an actor. That might have helped then if you're going into the school and everybody else says, well, you're not one of us. You're different. Yeah. You go, yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there was a there was a boy in a few years above me called Tendai, who was in Pitching, which was the CBBC show. Yeah, yeah. And I rem I knew him from Theatre Royal, Stratford East, which is where I went to youth theatre. Oh well, when did you start that then? Uh, I was there from eleven, from from year seven until wow. I was eighteen. Yeah, but I knew him from there, and I just wanted to do what he was doing. He was on mm. TV acting and that's, that's exactly what i wanted to do <laughs> so i knew i sort of wanted to be an actor in primary school not really understanding what it was or as a profession no i knew i wanted to like do it but i didn't know that like you need when you like as you get older you need a job and the job can be one of these things <laughs> yes <laughs> i kind of thought like oh i'd have a job but i'll also act and um yeah and then i learned that that was a thing that was like possible and also because like I wasn't growing up seeing loads of people that looked like me on TV in those um, positions. So no. it wasn't something that I thought was possible. Mm -hmm. But I was doing it through primary school. I was doing it in uh, summer schools. So throughout the summer, I was going to classes and stuff and, and doing like little productions. Brilliant. And then I was at Theatre Royal Stratford East in the youth club and then also doing drama at secondary school. And then with that great tradition of Joan Littlewood and all that sort of yes. thing. Amazing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then of course I went to East 15 after. Yeah. Uh, so it all tied in together. Continued. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, from very young, I knew. Fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that primary school shirt sort mm. of means a lot to me because of that small unit that we were in. And I, I could still name everyone in the class and, for some reason, I haven't let that go yet. I, I probably won't. No, no, there's, there's nothing more important in a childhood than a child feeling safe mm. and at home, you know? Yeah. This is where I should be. If mm. a child is feels safe and feels loved and cared for and cherished, then actually you know, most problems that people have as adults stem from something that went wrong as a child, I think. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it, you know, that... Mm. Uh, traumas of childhood really stick with you so actually having that fantastic little group of people that you all knew each other you all got on in a school that you you knew what it was about and you knew what you were doing that's a brilliant start in life so your mum was absolutely right yeah oh definitely brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. okay well let's put the shirt in then great <laughs> okay that's two things Kyle. what's number three okie dokie time for a short ad break we'll be back soon 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back. Right, let's find out what else Kyle Smith Bino would like to have in his time capsule. So I have an award that I won in the show Stathlet's Flats. My yeah. ca- that my character won. Oh, well, uh, before you go any further, out of that group of people to win an award for your character, that's impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, I won the show. My character won the award in the show. Oh, I see. I thought you were Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm bigging it up then before it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, like, it's, I mean, it's a bad award, like the way that it's constructed. <laughs> it's, I've got it up here, I can show you. Yeah, and, I do. Um, it's um it's actually broken because of how badly it was put together so the, <laughs> the idea is that it's it's a key on a plinth on a plinth yeah <laughs> and it's just a key stuck to a plinth right a normal Lovely. key not even like one of the big locks <laughs> it's just a single a single silver key on a plastic plant. I, I can see the joke in that so quickly. It's so beautifully <laughs> organised. Awarding somebody that as if it's important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, you're the flat manager of the month. Sort of yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was... Um, oh, dear, I can't even remember what it was for now. I think it was most progression in a sales agent or something like that. <laughs> From shit to quite good. Yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and this is real bad, but it's... Uh, I mean, that show means so much to me because mm. it's it was my first TV regular. Yeah. And it really changed. I think Ghost has done so much for me as an actor and just I've put my name out there yeah. as a comedy name. But I would not have had a look in on Ghost if it wasn't for Staff Bet Flat. Yeah. Yeah, it just means so much to me. It's like it was such a fun group of people. It was such a great script. It was something that, he really, Jamie, really worked hard on. Mm. And he worked on it for 10 years. He, 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 I've watched Jamie and his sister and mm. Ellie White and all sorts of people from that yeah, show yeah. over the years 
really from the moment they started i've watched some mm. little youtube things they put out i followed yeah them yeah yeah because i they're, they're so clearly really really good yeah yeah it's an incredible group of people and so funny but also like really care about each other really like love each other mm. and encourage each other to do well and to do our best mm. and just being able to i mean i wasn't in that group of people i was very new to their group yeah and it just happened through casting and they all sort of knew each other already katie wicks and ellie white and natasha mm. and uh, like dustin as well and they they were already part of that sort of like what was it called the invisible dot right uh, yeah yeah absolutely. yeah they, it's a comedy troupe almost isn't it yes exactly yeah. yeah and i joined that sort of not sure if i would if it would fit or if like i would feel like an outsider and mm. they really welcomed me in and i just had such a great time on that show hmm. yeah i've got a few little like trinkets from the show and bits but this this real shit <laughs> broken <laughs> award really um makes a difference and means loads to me yeah and um i've got like i've got a few i mean this is so this i'm at my mom's house here mm. but i've got a office in the bottom of her garden right and that's where i am now and then i've got a few bits up here but all my like all my awards are in the house but i say all my awards like there's millions of them. <laughs> there's one there's about five but then <laughs> one of them i've got a duplicate of because they spelt my name wrong <laughs> and I've got that one up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so I keep that, I keep this, the stuff that's that's one up there next to the one that where they spelt my name wrong. I feel yeah. like they wanted to um, congratulate me, but they wanted to keep me humble. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in your place. You've yeah. just got too many names. I know I suffer <laughs> from the same problem. And right. I, yeah. 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 I, I can remember two names, but three. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you expecting yeah. of me? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, this, like, I, I think for me just marks that whole experience of, like, joining that show and being a part of it and being in it for three years and then the success of the show, which mm. has been huge and amazing to watch, but yeah. also that launching the rest of my career. And I think yeah, yeah. wherever my career goes, um, I mean, I, I'm not hoping to keep presenting, but that has been, a, that's a, a new venture that has mm. been announced recently. But the great thing now is you can do all those things and they don't affect the yeah. other. There was a time that if you switch from being an actor to become a presenter, you couldn't really go back. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. you had to make a decision, am I going to be a presenter from now on? Mm. But now it's perfectly fine for people to go in and do those things. There was a time when if you did adverts, they got in the way. But yeah. Now you can yeah, do yeah, any yeah. of those things. So people are perfectly capable of going, well, that was him doing that and this is him doing this. Yeah, but I mean, uh, what yeah. a perfect example I think. Starlets yeah. Flats is a perfect example of a show where a small group of people, in a way, Ghosts is a similar idea, but it's where a small group of people have come together and all within that tiny group agree that they think this is funny, and <laughs> yeah. then you do it, and you find that loads and loads of people agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and I think especially with the group that we've created and the the work that we've created from that. I mm. think like we trust Jamie so much yeah, and would sort of follow him anywhere to <laughs> anything. I think like, especially like with the lockdown episode of Stath, I don't know if you've seen that one, the YouTube one. I haven't, no. Yeah, there's a lockdown. Oh, I've got to look it up. Yeah, It's maybe 10 minutes, mm -hmm. but we were ready to, it was sort of, Jamie was like, oh, I'm working on the lockdown thing. And everyone's like, yep, yep, great. <laughs> Brilliant. 
just working out like how they where where in their house makes most sense to their to their character yeah. and those sort of things. But everyone's like, just like, yeah, sure. And the same happened with like Jamie's Netflix um, mm. one hour special, a whole lifetime with Jamie Dimitri. Yeah. You, you sort of just he would text him and be like, I'm thinking of a thing. Do you think you'd be up for it? It's like I don't. It doesn't matter what it is. Just tell me, I'll turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There exactly. are people like that that you just know that their instinct is right. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic when you fall in with them when you sort of yeah. go. I'm part of this. How brilliant! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking me along with it, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's lovely. I've had that through my whole career with um, Andy Hamilton, the writer Andy Hamilton. Right, it just includes me. Yeah, as if it's automatic, and you go. I've asked him several times, why? Why do you do that? <laughs> and he says, well, his description of it is, you get the beats. That's what he says. Right. You get my beats. Mm. And, and uh, you know, as a comic actor, you'll know exactly what that means. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the wonderful thing, I think, working with people like that is that they will ask you to do things in a way that you might not have instinctively done it, and yet you go, okay, yeah, and you just trust it. Yeah. Then you see it back and you go, God, they were so right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, congratulations on that fantastic series and what a lovely thing to be in and great people to work with. Yes, I'm very jealous, I have to say. Yeah, I, yeah. I've watched them with envy again and again, <laughs> thinking one day, one day. But there yeah. we are. So, uh, yeah, let's put that trophy in for you. Yeah, great. That's number three. We've got two yeah. left, Kyle. We've got yeah. the thing you want to keep and the thing you want to get rid of. The thing I want to keep and the thing I want to get rid of. The thing I want to... Keep. I think. I think my first. I still got the first CD I bought. Right. It was uh, a single called "These Other Times" by Drew Hill. Mm-hmm. And Drew Hill wasn't as popular as their lead singer Cisco. No. But they, for like sort of old school R and B heads, they're really a go to. Um, <laughs> and they're just like shortly after Jodeci, quite heavily influenced by Jodeci, but also around the same time was bands like Black Street and Boys to Men. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember hearing this song on the radio and just loving it. <laughs> and I uh, went to WH Smith and bought the CD, bought the single. How old were you? I was, I think I would have been 11 uh, or maybe 10. Because mm. I think, actually, I think 11, I think that's when Thong Tom came out. Right. And I knew of Cisco because of Drew Hill already. So when people were finding out about Cisco because of Thong Song, I was like, I already know who that is. I already, <laughs> I already, I already bought this CD. I got most of his recordings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. And I've been dabbling in music whilst on my acting journey since right. it started. Um, and I was a rapper up until like 2015, where mm-hmm. I decided that I needed to sort of focus more well, on. And what was your name as a rapper? Clay's. Right. Yeah, Clay's Flames. I had a surname and everything. And um, yeah, I was doing that for a while and then sort of decided I need to focus more on on the acting if I really wanted to make a go of it. Mm-hmm. So I sort of put the music to a side. But then we managed to bring it back in with the work that I do uh, live. So I've yeah. got a show called String V Spitter, which, um, where I play a, a grime MC. Mm-hmm. And I get to write for him which still manages to scratch that itch of wanting to create music. Mm. The brilliant thing about music now is that you absolutely can. You can just, if you've got a computer, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I think when my son started recording, so sort of probably 25 years ago when he started Mm. recording stuff, it was on a little four-track tape machine. Right, yeah. You know, now all he's got is a little MacBook Pro. Yeah. Some Some people do it in their car. 
they set up their mic and they and they've got the sound system because they've paid extra for the like souped up sound system and they yeah. make the music in their car. Amazing. Yeah, it is. Lovely. So uh you've still got that CD. I still got that CD, yeah. Okay, so we're going to put that well that rather extraordinary thing which is a, a CD single. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not even an album. No, I know. We're going to put that into the time capsule. That's your fourth thing. So all yeah. we need to do is talk about something you want to put in and forget. Something I want to put in and forget. Mm. You know what? Sort of kind of on the theme of like what I was talking about earlier with my mum and my uncles and rebellion. And I think like now that I'm older, I'm an only child. Right. And now that I'm older and my mum's getting on a bit and I'm here a lot more like so that she's not by herself. I mean, she's still got like a good social group, but I think lockdown was difficult for her. Mm. And she seemed to have sort of aged 10 years in two years mm. and um, slowed down a little bit. So I'm around a bit more. But when I think about like, there are some, there are some days where I feel like I slightly have to like parent my parent. Yeah. And I think about when she would have had to have parented me. And I was a prick sometimes. <laughs> and I'm sure we all were. I mean, some some people are just some people have just always been good kids and have been good. And yeah. I I wasn't. I was stressed when I look back at it now. And um I don't I mean that can't have been easy. My mum I can't, I can't really say no, I guess I can. I guess I would say she was a single mum. My dad was around, but he didn't live with us. Mm. And he sort of it was sort of in and out. Right. Popped in and he was around for a bit and no one knew how long he was staying for. No one knew when he was coming. He'd just turn up and he'd be there. And sometimes he'd, I wouldn't see him for two months and sometimes he'd spend a week. And mm. well, my dad was a cricketer and also a chauffeur. Right. He was a semi pro cricketer mm-hmm. and a private driver. So he wasn't always around. And I'm talking about that phase from around 13, I guess, where I, I wasn't going to my nan's anymore. Like after school, I was coming home. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum was still working late, but I used that as a chance to like get people around or like yeah, yeah. have friends here and mess the place up or whatever. So I think like, I mean, despite the fact that it was a, a crucial part of my development and my growth and my becoming who I am, I still think it must have been really hard for her. Mm. Yeah, particularly when you think that she'd already done it for her brothers. Exactly. And I didn't understand that at the time. And she must have been worried that you were going to go down, in a way, go down the same yeah. route. Oh, definitely. And I didn't mm. understand that at the time. At the time, I was just like, why is my mum so strict? Well, how come I'm not allowed to do the things that my other friends can do? Yeah. But not realising that that's because of experience and because of circumstance. Yeah. I always used to say that my mum acted like like she had uh, the worst child in the world. Hmm. And I realized that that was just her way of like not letting me do have the same experiences that my uncles had because like they had bad times. Like mm. it's an easy world to fall into, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know? All three of them went to prison at some stage. I mean, I come from Bermondsey, southeast London. My family yeah. and relatives are all from there, and so it's a similar thing that it's it's mm. very possible to be beguiled by these people suddenly they've got lots of money, they're all very successful, but they're crooks. Yeah. And it could have been very easy to. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it could have just been like being introduced to one, I'm sort of one degree of separation away from people who were and are career criminals. And, and it's, mm. yeah, it is that close. And that's, again, because of the, the environment that you grow up in. Yeah. 
but my mum was like desperate to make sure that the environment didn't narrate what my life would be no. or where I turned out. Um, so I think, I guess like if I really think about regrets, I don't, I don't have many, but I do think that like my attitude towards her when I was growing up for maybe, I think it could have been as long as sort of five years in right. that time between like sort of 13 and 18. Yeah. Before you went, when I know which path I'm on, so it's yeah. fine. You know, don't yeah. worry about me. I know where I'm going, and I'm not messing with that because yeah. it's going to get in the way. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think my sort of attitude in those years. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I would take back any. I, I don't really think there were any sort of major incidents that were that were too like. Yeah, I don't really feel like there was a big thing that I'm no. sort of regretful of, but I just feel like... We put in door slamming. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, they're the moments, are they? Whenever you walk out of a room, slam a door, almost yeah. immediately you think, well, what was that for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was just a general attitude and not coming from a place of understanding. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Well, the lovely thing is that you do understand it now and that you do yeah. you do appreciate it. So, yeah, yeah. that's nice. Good. Yeah. All right, Kyle, I'm going to let you get on with your life and it's lovely of you to give me your time. Yeah, thank you. It's been a joy to talk to you, really. Yeah, it's been great. I hope we get a chance to work together again soon. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if I have to write it myself. I <laughs> do. Do yeah. I'm there. I'm up. Yeah. And I'll even send you a self-tape. <laughs> <laughs> You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, Mike Fenton-Stevens. I don't know why I say me. I could just say Mike Fenton-Stevens, but it is me. And my guest, Kyle smith Bino. What a lovely man. If you enjoyed yourself, then do tell your friends and also do tell some strangers by rating this podcast and maybe leaving a short review or comment. If you subscribe, we'll make sure you don't miss an episode. Well, we'll make sure that you're aware of them. It's up to you if you take the time to listen, obviously. And if you have someone you'd like us to chat with on My Time Capsule, then do get in touch and suggest them. Our email is mytimecapsulepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch by following me or My Time Capsule on social media. If you'd rather not listen to adverts when you listen to a podcast, then you can get this one ad-free for a very small fee very very small fee plus you'll hear our exclusive bonus episode my time capsule the debrief every wednesday details of how to get acast plus in the description of this episode you can listen to the theme tune on spotify it was written and composed and performed in fact by past the peas music which is another name for my talented son and producer john fenton stevens who made this cast of production through the auspices of acast thanks to them for putting us out rather like a candle so it's back to work on the next one for me and john and christmas is coming and there's always one or two special episodes then so I better get on with it. In the meantime, keep well and stay happy. And never listen to advice from your granddad. My granddad told me to forget about money and concentrate on taking care of my health. Sounds like good advice. So I did it. And while I was at the gym, the old bastard stole all my money. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.